I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Should have done a spoiler warning at the beginning. Going to do it now, just because, you know. Yeah, like the never. We've mentioned some spoilers. UK Film Review Festival is back. Join us for an incredible selection of feature and short films. Review the ones you see and do it all from the comfort of your own house. November 12th to 13th. Festival passes are on sale now at ukfilmreview.co.uk. One one thing's for certain, though, is that... um, there will be loads of films about the Queen now. I know there have been already, but this will be um, the signal now to make detailed films for the big screen about the Queen. I know they've been done before, but it's not going to stop anyone from doing who, it again. Who would you who would you cast, Brian? Who are you going to cast as the Queen? Oh, it depends what I, what stage of her life you're you're really talking about. You see, if you look at the the Crown, the way they do it, they pick different actors for each stage of her life, and that's really the right way to go. So they had Claire Foy when she was young. They had uh, Olivia Coleman, didn't they, when she was middle-aged. Yeah. Now it's going to be Imelda Staunton. So I, I think, in a way, the actors that have already played her have more or less nailed it, I think. Particularly Helen Mirren uh, as the Queen. I, I, th- I find it difficult to see past Helen Mirren, really, in a way. Uh, but she could only play her in the latter part of her life, couldn't she, really? Well, you know, they did, uh, what was it, that uh, Scorsese film where they got Robert De Niro and aged him, you know, through the years it, and stuff. Yeah, it, it only worked, partially worked, though, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, they, I they did, yeah, they did that in The uh, the Irishman, didn't they? They tried to, mm. they made him look younger, didn't they? When he was driving the truck, you think, oh, God, that's amazing. They've done it. Then all of a sudden, something just suddenly drops. <laughs> and it, uh, oh, you think, oh God, now he's seventy now. He looked like he looked thirty. <laughs> he looked thirty years old a, a couple of minutes ago. What was funny about that? I remember reading about that, and they'd obviously done the uh, facial recognition or whatever to try and sort of uh, de-age him. But then he was saying that that's still him acting, right? So yeah. there's a scene where he has to like run up the stairs as if he is a young lad, but he's yeah. obviously, <laughs> he's Robert De Niro, so he's, he's, he's getting on of it. And yeah. he's like having to just skip up and down the stairs. He's like, his knees just couldn't do it. I was like, I, I feel you, bro. I feel you. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> and uh, you see, that's the problem though, isn't it? You know, you, you've got that kind of, as a filmmaker, you've got that dilemma because you want someone like De Niro to appear in a film but you don't want to try and cast someone like him as a young man sort of thing you'd like to avoid that if you possibly could you know and that's one way of doing it i mean you look at what they've done with this new abba show uh, with the avatars you know they kind of made them look younger ish right because they didn't want they couldn't bear the thought of prancing around on stage in like for a 70 year olds and you can't blame them right or even trying to do it. So what they've got then is something resembling what they did in the Irishman. Is is um is trying to create build 
to de-age them, to make them look younger. Um, uh, whoever, whoever discovers the key there is going to be a very rich man or woman, aren't they? We're back with episode four of the UK Film Review Festival special episodes, and it's been glorious so far, I think. Um, oh, yeah. The feedback has been good, and... Listeners are enjoying our uh, exploration of these Indian short films, which are all going to appear at the festival in November. Um, Tickets are on sale on the website, which you can go and grab at ukfilmreview.co.uk. There are also press passes if you want to cover the festival from a press uh, perspective. If you write for an outlet, have a blog, X, Y, Z. And yeah you'll be able to leave your reviews of the films you see, which is really cool. And filmmakers will be able to attend free um, who are officially selected. So they'll all be rocking up, I reckon, digitally. It'd be great to meet some of them. Hopefully we haven't said anything too harsh about their films that they tried to decide. Can you throttle someone online yet? They haven't developed that app yet, have they? No, luckily, luckily enough, good. no, they haven't. There's probably somebody working on it somewhere. I think though. so, especially after your comments about women yeah. and grey hair. I think they're, they're definitely working on yeah, it. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I better keep my head down, aren't I? Um, so, yeah, we'll be, gonna, we'll be reviewing um, five more films in this episode, and we have, again, an incredible selection tonight. I, I think these are some of the top films um, that we're going to be reviewing they're all available to watch at the UK Film Review Festival. Some of these are actually available to watch elsewhere. So if you don't want to come to the festival, shame on you. But I understand. Feel free to watch these films wherever you can get them because they are really worthwhile and uh, worth your time to find out. So without further ado, we're going to go into the world of filmmaker Sergio Fernandez Munoz's short film, Whole Stepper. Hi, I'm Oswaldo Salas, leading actor for the Peruvian short film Hostepper, Pisahueco, from director Sergio Fernández Muñoz. Hostepper is about Ángel, an enthusiastic high school teacher who discovers a strange web page in which his students make fun of him and his disability. Don't forget to watch it as part of the official selection at the UK Film Review Festival. I hope you like it as much as we liked making it. Greetings from Lima, Peru. One of the most surprising of the bunch we're reviewing today, um, it follows a teacher played by Oswaldo Salas. Um, He's a high school teacher and basically finds out that his students are making fun of him. They're recording videos and doing things and putting them online and they're sort of really ridiculing him and... He finds out and doesn't take too kindly to it. Um, he's also got a disability, which they sort of make fun of. Um, and it becomes this interesting mix of how our worlds are starting to collide, where you've got this digital world that everyone kind of exists in for a lot of the day. And then you've got the real world with real people, with real feelings and, and you know, real emotions. And how it can kind of cut you off um from those feelings because you know we're all existing on a different plane like me and brian right now are existing on a digital plane mm. um and when the film first started it was using a lot of these clips and it was like almost like found footage style you know on the phone and all that stuff i was like oh okay here we go again like it always it always takes me a bit of a breath to go right we're gonna yeah. be we're here are we but then it did show you the mix. You did have some more classic cinematography. You did have you know, the the landscape shots and all very lovely graded imagery. Um, that once I got the point, once I understood that, I was like, ah, actually, this is really smart and it's mm. very powerful and evocative. What did you think, Brian? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, visually, it's very arresting. I mean, the you know, it doesn't just rely on the sort of like the. Uh, IT side of things. There is a human story in there because it begins with the teacher being pilloried by, by the kids using uh, using social media. And it's it's a popular theme. It's a theme that we're never going to be able to avoid because it, it comes into almost every story that that's told now in some way. Um, but I, I think it was visually very cleverly put together. But 
also sort of illustrates the 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 impacts and the hurt that social media can cause. Mm. And but the that kind of traditional teacher-student relationship still came to the fore there because I quite liked the payoff at the end because he realised what they were doing and he called them out on it. And he made he made his point and the teacher did, did it very well, I think. And it you're kind of glad it happened that way because no one deserves that kind of treatment anyway, particularly when you're in a position of, supposedly respect, trust, power. And it, it's a case of the kids learning to respect him more because he, he found out what they were doing. So I, I think it's an effectively told story done very economically as well. And a film from Peru. And I, I think it's great that we're getting films from all over the world. I mean, it's, it's certainly making me realise that the, the film industry is truly global, isn't it? That it's not just about Britain, North America, Europe. It's it's it is truly global. Uh, it's just like when we reviewed the um, film from the Faroe Islands in one of the earlier episodes. You realise how much um, talent there is out there. Yeah, that was uh, Brother Troll, wasn't it? That was good. Um, Brother Troll, yeah, that's it. <clears throat> yeah, and I think you know, interestingly, that we picked up on that element of globality uh, you know in terms of filmmaking because that's also what we're seeing here in this story is you've got a group of children who are students who are all connected you know mm. they're in the in the physical room together but actually they're connected digitally so for example like you know, the the teacher sort of trying to find out who did what and they're all laughing together mm. and all kind of it's like this mm. sort of cacophony as a group yeah. of them against him that that's what the the digital force can feel like if it's like you know if you're not part of that wave if you're not part of mm. that group if you didn't get that particular platform profile or whatever that you're missing out and that you're somehow alienated now from society from real society yeah. you know the in-person society because you're not because he he sets up a Facebook page right that's his kind of thing yeah. he says oh I set up yeah. I set one up yesterday yeah. and it was like wow like you know that is amazing yeah. that he's taken that long to realize that you know maybe that's something that he could do but, that, but that's what yeah. i like though about that because like like he kind of he surprised them he shocked them by saying well i might be older than you but i can still do what you can do mm. you know so that was good he, he kind of they had their comeuppance but you know well, as, as school children, we all uh, laugh at teachers behind their backs, and, but there was never any kind of comeback, not like you would get with social media. And the scenario they set out there shows that you're going to be found out on social media. Uh, where, whereas without social media, you take that out of the, the storyline, it'd be totally different. And the target for those jokes probably wouldn't find out quite as easily. Absolutely. And the... The film um, is sometimes referred to as um, Pisa Hueco, um, and that's how we've uh, reviewed it on the website. So uh, do check out the review of, of the film because um, it's always worth seeing what other people have sort of made of it. But I really liked it. I enjoyed the the mixture, the, you know, as I said, the blend of that sort of real life with digital environments, but how the human element of it is still very much at the forefront like for example you see him at home and he's sort of absolutely obsessively looking at the screen and looking at what the, the students have yeah. been saying or doing behind yeah. his back and you really feel that undercurrent of tension and upset that he's going through even though he's obviously on his own in his room and, and I think the the film is a great example of that nature of of man or woman that's still there that even you know mm. you can you can digitize as much as you want but the real emotions are always still there and they're still evident like for example the bully the girl who's sort of like the bully mm. he brings her up in front of the class and you know gets her to apologize to the guy who had to rub out the drawing because yeah. it obviously wasn't him and she's yeah. sort of going, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then he's sort mm. of really embarrassed. No, louder, like louder. Yeah, yeah. And she eventually like screams it and runs out. Yeah. Of 
And it's like it took that to get through to her because maybe she'd been kind of numbed by the uh, doing her kind of um, mean things behind a camera and, and not, you know, it's, it's, it's a really interesting exploration of how our behavior can be changed and how it can still be mm. brought back to our sort of roots when, when needed. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. And a good title as well, Homestepper. I quite like that. Yeah, definitely check it out. Um, it's, it's up for best short film. Uh, it's going to be a very, very hot category, that one, to be honest. There's a, there's a lot of entries within yeah, best short film know, this year. I can imagine. Yeah, but yeah. it's going it's to be a busy category anyway, isn't it? If you're looking it at a short is. film. If, if it's officially selected, which this film has been, uh, obviously all the ones we're reviewing have been, you know it's worth your time. That's what I love about the festival, because we mm. review a lot of films. There's so many short films on the on the site that we review. And, you know, they're all of merit, but some just really stand out as being great. And mm. we've got those, you know, the ones that have gone forward and submitted to the festival. They're at, you know, they're going to be shown. Mm. And it's really great to be able to know that you're going in to just an absolute wealth of amazing short film, plus the yeah. features as well. The features are really worth your time. But, yeah, it's it's a great um, lineup this year. Really yeah. good. It's very impressive. Um, so yeah, shout out to uh, the filmmaker um, Sergio Fernandez Munoz there, um, and yeah, definitely the um, the lead actor Oswaldo Salas. I found him really compelling. I thought he really did well with the the body language, the you know the, the inherent hurt which was coming from being attacked personally by these students. I thought his performance was was really strong. Also, I believe it was a teacher as well. It just proves, though, doesn't it, that that teachers are the same the world over in all cultures. They have that same uh, gravitas about them, don't they? You know, and I, I think that comes through as well. That teachers do do conform to a certain uh, look, image, the way they come across, the way they hold themselves, because they're they're trying to impart knowledge at the end of the day, aren't they? Absolutely, and we are the students. Really, we're all students of life. Of course, we are. We're all le- we're all learning. Like life is every day's a training day, as they say. We'll put that on the t-shirt as well. Um, oh, why not? Yeah, <laughs> that t-shirt's getting quite crowded, isn't it? It is going to get a bit crowded now. Yeah. yeah, we might need um. What else can we have? Maybe <laughs> yeah. like a jacket. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it all sounds good. Yeah, I like poncho, it, uh, UK film review poncho. Maybe that could be. Yeah, I'm always thinking about the merch. You got to have the merch these days. <laughs> what about what about pin badges as well? I mean, the UK film review logo would look pretty good on a pin badge, wouldn't it? That's true. It makes yeah. us feel quite rebellious, then, doesn't it? Because you know, you always get the sort of rebellious pin badges that people have. They're like, you know, they oh, associate no. themselves with like you know being an anarchist or whatever. You sort of think, yeah. And I it, like film reviews. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because and it's a very sort of subtle statement, isn't it? Hey, if it just sits on the lapel of your jacket or your coat or whatever, you know. And you yeah. can always quickly whip it off, you know. If the if the yeah. if the police are coming, the five O, you just have to yeah. go. Look, I'm, I'm not with them. I'm not with. Yeah, them. that's right. You can quickly get rid of it, or just or just turn your turn your kind of your your lapel of your jacket inwards, so I can't <laughs> see it. You know. Yeah. Um, on that note, we're going to review the next short film uh, directed by Emily M. Smith. It's a short film called Finding Wilson. Ah. Now, do you want to take the lead on this one, Brian? Yeah, of course. Um, this is re- this is a, Brit- a British film. This is from the UK, um, and it's it's a young, it's a young girl out walking who meets a stranger in a quiet woodland area. And they enter into a conversation uh, that gives you some insight into the way she's feeling and the way the stranger is feeling. Um, And as the story, the story very quickly unfolds, but it does actually leave you. it's, It's very cleverly written because one, one girl, the girl is clearly missing or clearly estranged from those close to her. And the, the woman she's talking to has a connection with her, her own family that, that I won't give too much away about because it, in some ways it is interpretational because I have a feeling that that was in some ways happening inside her own head because when you get to the end of the story, it becomes a bit clearer. But 
I do wonder whether whether this is this was like a portrayal of her own thoughts rather than something that was physically happening. But it it mixes kind of reality with illusion in some ways and, and with her own imagination. But it tells you something about her thoughts, the way she was thinking, and the way this other person relates to her own story. But very cleverly written, very w- well put together, good visuals, and it's a film that draws it draws you in it just makes you very very curious but leaves you wondering but that that's deliberate well it left me wondering anyway yeah no i I definitely think it's open to interpretation there's a lot here to sort of unpick if you wanted to because for me some of it lines up and some of it doesn't um like Mm. you say her sort of disappearing at the end was a bit like okay was she imagining you know that that person was there um She's carrying this dog lead, right? The main character. She's yeah. she's carrying this dog lead, and there's this sort of potential intimation that maybe she's planning on committing suicide. Yeah, I she, thought. Yeah, that's what I thought because she's yeah. sort of saying, you know, she pretends that she has a dog, but she makes it quite clear that she doesn't really have a dog because she doesn't have any details about the dog, and you know, yeah. <laughs> like doesn't seem to be very clear on that. So yeah. it was, and almost as if you know, this person was there at the right time to just intercept. And you know, talk her down and calm her down before she made yeah. like a big mistake, and that's the whole thing about yeah. Wilson because they make the link to the Wilson volleyball in yeah. Castaway. Yeah. That that's what kept him sane because he sort of had yeah. someone to talk to and someone to keep him from doing something. You know, trying to maybe kill himself. And I thought that was the for me that was the sort of central part of the film. Yeah, I did also wonder, though, whether the reference to the missing dog, because the woman she was talking to also spoke about her, her dog as well. Mm. I just wonder whether that was symbolic and, and saying something slightly different about something she's searching for or something that she, she's maybe running away from. It, it makes you think, you know, your mind goes off in all directions with this, because it, it's not entirely clear. Uh, but, again, it makes you curious. I mean... A film like this has to make you curious and has to make you wonder. And if it leaves some questions unanswered, I think that's deliberate in some ways because it's designed to make you think. But I I reckon, I mean, listeners will, will have their own views when, when they watch it, but I think this was something within her, in her own mind. It was a subconscious. You know, and I think suicide was, was the intention at one point, but... Other things, other facts, has pulled her pulled her back. That's what the way it looked to me. But as I say, listeners may may watch it and see it a completely different way. And I think that's what's quite compelling about a piece like this is is that it's interpretational and it it can you can draw a number of conclusions from it. Yeah, definitely. The the sort of soldier scenes that we get and those combat sequences very um well filmed lots of you know that's a, that's a big uh bold thing to have done within what is essentially a nine minute short film yeah that it does open up a lot of aspects to the story that you kind of want to explain like the ptsd that that character that you know the the older character might be experiencing yeah the the potential links between the two characters you know things yeah. like that or maybe someone that she was in the um in the army with i'm not sure so yeah i think there's uh, this is definitely one of those films that falls in the category of i would have liked more yeah. um and it could definitely work as a feature i feel like there's there's yeah. more there to sort of run i think it could but i mean the fact that it ran for only nine minutes even if they doubled the length and made it 18 or 20 minutes it'd still be classed as a short film mm. but think about how much more you could do how much more of the story you could reveal in another nine or ten minutes but i think you're right it has potential to be expanded into a feature but even if they doubled the running time now, maybe that was always the intention to keep it very short. Um, but as I say, you could double it and it would still be a short film. Um, but it gives you an opportunity to unpack those characters a bit more, explain their relationship. But again, maybe that was the intention to keep it compact and within a, a nine-minute time span. You take away the opening and closing title, which you're left with even less probably. But um, it's a good job. It's very well done. But 
but it leaves you wondering. But I think that's that's ultimately the intention. Yeah, I think the mystery element to it is definitely important. I don't think it is the this the kind of story or film where they want you to know everything. I think maybe they're, they're keeping the characters slightly cloudy because yeah. it makes the impact of the themes stronger. Because I feel like if they gave everything to you on the spoon, it's a bit kind of like, oh, okay, they're they're telling us that you know this is what happens when when this happens. Whereas actually, because it's slightly more ambiguous. Yeah. And the characters are obviously experiencing some some strong emotions that yeah. it works on on that level. Um, it picks at your imagination. It it's it's determined to do that. It's not going to make it easy for you a film like that. But why should it? You know, I mean, if if you want to, it's like we we said before. If you if you want to be as you say, spoon fed your entertainment, you'd just be watching musicals all the time, wouldn't you? Really, and. You know, you want something that challenges you and makes you think a bit more. But this makes you work a bit harder. But there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that because you still, it still, it still has an impact on you. It's what it what it means to you, what you get from it, and the fact that you and I can talk about it like this shows that we've both been entertained by it because it's made us curious. And that's what particularly short films have to do because they have to. Um, have to get to the point very quickly you would think but this one does that without unwrapping what that point is necessarily it's making you work it out which is all good um so yeah that's uh finding wilson which stars Rhea bailey and darcy jacobs great performances very uh, impressed with both those uh those women and it was written by viv young so check it out if you can at the festival um or elsewhere if it's available another one of the official selections this year cool well speaking of cool right mm. mm. actually mm-hmm. i'm not sure how that's going to segue into this film i'm gonna <laughs> right go on carry on go let's see let's see what happens um the next film is another short film um and it's called Charles. Yes. So um, things that are not cool are tea, and tea uh, focuses quite, yeah, it features quite heavily. It in does, yeah, chart, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean which, that is is that what it? I thought was is char. Does that mean tea? I, I, I always tea. thought I always thought it did. I mean, we've grown up saying using the phrase a cup of, a char, cup of right? char, meaning tea, and I always understood that it was. Good. But um, but I think the film does actually give some insight there because the the main characters are korean korean immigrants aren't they mm. uh second well one of them second generation and they're, they're trying to uh make a living of sorts during the the covid19 pandemic uh, but they're also uh coping with uh racial prejudice and the assumption that they're not korean at all that people assume they're not Korean at all, but they're Chinese. Therefore, they're responsible for the uh, for the COVID nineteen pandemic. And it, I think it, it's a very very good good piece. I was quite impressed with it. The way it was, the way it was constructed, and that misapprehension of someone of someone's ignorance, thinking that they're they're Chinese when they're Korean, and they're mm. just trying to make make a life for themselves and make ends meet. And the tie-in with the uh, Korean War and the, the grandmother's earlier years, I thought it was beautifully put together. It really was. Um, very, very, very good filmmaking. I was impressed with it. Yeah, really powerful um, short film. Very much enjoyed it. As you say, I think the the depth of the story going into these newly... Um, ignited tensions between east and west with Mm. the pandemic you know following on from what can only be described as reign of terror from trump you know rising Mm. all these racial tensions again bringing to the forefront all of these um belief systems which we'd all love to say aren't around but they are they are around you do see these um you know these things come up with the Black Lives Matter marches and then you see people protesting against that and you see yeah. so much now um, that because of, I think because of the availability of the internet and everything, you know, being able to 
stream across you know, all nations at any one time mm. that yeah the the rise in um uh, attacks on asian people simply because of the, the pandemic mm. um is is something that for filmmakers to already be on it you know depicting it and showing it i think is very brave and very um important to tell these stories to, to share the experiences yeah. of certain types of um, communities and people and the difficulties they face and also to bring empathy to it because, yeah. you know, we'd all be guilty of maybe turning blind eyes sometimes to these sort of things which come up and actually by showing it in a very um, focused storyline where you've only got two characters to, to deal with, mm. that actually that's really a great way of, of raising these issues on a, on a level which people can kind of compute, I think. Yeah, uh, I think it, it's it's a glo- it's a global problem. Every society in every country across the globe has an issue with discrimination, with racism of one kind or another, and this is a a common thing that we should all understand. It's a universal thing, isn't it? That through ignorance, people can can form an impression of someone just because of not even knowing who. In this particular story, you know, people just assume. They're, Ch- they're Chinese when when they're Korean. They're, you know, com- two completely different nations. But it's a, it's that kind of gross generalisation of, of who someone is and what they represent. And really, at the end of the day, it's these are just human characteristics that make us different. It's just like someone having curly hair or short hair or long hair or being blue-eyed or or green-eyed. It's just the character human characteristics that make us different, and that's. The problem, isn't it, is that some people don't see it that way. It's just the things that makes us different, and that's where racism flourishes. and And sadly, it's it it's still an issue, isn't it? And it probably always will be. But I think it's important that it's addressed on film because it's a very powerful medium because you can reach so far with with filmmaking. Absolutely, yeah, really poignant story here um brilliantly acted uh, yeah. by uh, so thomas b tran plays jiho and it's a, so. even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The younger male character, and then you've got Joy Sung Kim playing the, the grandma and yeah, both are terrific. Really love the chemistry between them. And I also they I think they've really represented that contrast between the, the new wave of thinking versus the more conservative, old-fashioned way of thinking, which is, you know, don't rock the boat, don't disturb mm. things. Whereas the younger generation are a bit more volatile and they want to fight back and they want to you know, change yeah. things. They want to mix things up. Um, and I think to try and depict both sensitively was important because it could be so easy to fall down on one side or the other. Yeah. That actually, I think the film does a good job of saying, look, this is a complex issue. This is something that people are going to struggle with uh, because of entrenched views on the matter. Yeah. However, the important thing is that we have the discussion, that we bring it up because it does affect people and it does you know, bring real tragedy to actual lives. Yeah. But I think also what it shows, though, is that the dilemma that immigrants... All immigrants face when they uh, when they move to a, a new environment, a new country, a new town, is they they fall between two stools. Do they try and integrate, or do they remain separate? From, in other words, do they preserve? Do they retreat into their own community if there is one, or do they integrate? 
with the host country. And I think that's always been the challenge for all, all immigrants across all generations, is that how far can we go? Do we need to pull back? Do we need to integrate? Of course, ideally, you want them to integrate, don't you? Because then there are no issues because people don't see the differences anymore once you're integrated. You're just people at the end of the day. Um, but it's, um, as you say, it is brave in some ways, but it, it, needs, it needs to be said, I think. And, and also, it's, as I say, it has a universal theme. And it doesn't necessarily need to be uh, Chinese and Korean people being involved. It could be people from any, any country emigrating to a new country and they experience the same, the same issues. So there's something quite universal about it, I think. Absolutely. The um, filmmaker, uh, Zion Mao, she um, directed another film which also stars Joy Sung Kim. Uh, it's called Farewell Symphony, and I reviewed that on the website. And that was, that was really powerful as well. That was really worth, worth your time. Um, so, yeah, I very much hope that audiences check this out. I think it's one of the yeah, one of the top films that we're going to be showing. Really well made. It's it's got great production values and that storyline being so hard hitting just makes it really immersive. So good. Mm. Um another one in the best short film category yes. though. So you know it, it how we're going to choose uh the, the winner is actually going to be beyond me. But That'll we'll, be a we'll find a way. Ca- that would be a strong candidate I think though. Mm. Uh, okay well moving on from the best short film category to the best feature film category mm. we're going to review Robbie Walsh's The Letters you look so pretty oh your hair is all clean I love you <laughs> I love you. I love you in the morning and in the afternoon. I love you in the evening underneath the moon. I love you. Oh, Mama. Shout out to Robbie Walsh, by the way. He is an absolute legend, real f- um, fan of the site. He, he's just a genuinely good bloke. Um, mm-hmm. He always supports a lot of the the people that um, are out there you know, in the film industry and also for the, um, you know, the, the review sites and things. Uh, I've reviewed quite a few of his um, movies over the years, and this is, I think, his best work yet really really good it's also up for the best drama film and that i think it is a very strong contender as well um so it's the story of three different women who have very different lives then they're not really linked in any other way other than the fact that they receive a letter um from a, a cervical cancer check which says they have um weeks to live um which is part of a scandal, a real scandal um, mm. in Ireland with these cervical checks that you know, these letters went out and, and caused absolute heartbreak and, and um, terrible tragedy. The film then interweaves, interweaves these three lives and we see the impact of this, um, the letter and, and also just other things going on in their lives such as sort of uh, financial issues or mm. health issues and, and all these things sort of tying in together. It's mostly filmed in black and white. Uh, there's a lot of black and white. There's some color scenes. Uh, yeah. And I think that's an interesting part, which we'll sort of pick out. Um, what did you think about this, Brian? I think it's very good. I mean, to start with, it's based on a true story. Not absolutely true, but it's based on something that actually happened where... Uh, women rece- received letters that told them they were in the clear for a cervical cancer check, and it was then discovered they weren't, and there was a delay in them being 
informed of the true position. Now, it's, so it's based on facts. That gives it power. That gives it added strength for me. Because if you, what you've got in front of you is based on a true story, you can think, right, actually, you know, what we're seeing here, we're not seeing uh, real people, but we're seeing actors playing characters who are portraying a situation that's happened that's happened and it's happening now as we speak. There is somebody going through the same thing, not necessarily suffering as a result of a diagnosis, but just trying to cope with a terminal illness. And that is shocking, it's disturbing, uh, it's incredibly moving. But you get all of that from this film. And it's, it's very well made, it's well acted, it's well observed. You know, it's very good. And the fact it is in black and white gives it, a bit more, a bit more punch because it does f- feel very austere and very sharp. But when you look at the the issues they're dealing with, um, it's it's dreadfully upsetting to watch in some ways. But you gain something from it because you, you're a bit wiser. You think, right, this could happen, and it's ter- it's a terrifying thought that this sort of thing could happen. But it did, and I think it's important that message gets out there, and. I think the um, the occasional reminders that they put in the film that this is based on facts. Uh, they they featured a recording of a, one of the the actual victims, somebody that mm. was involved. I found that really really moving and really quite upsetting. Yeah, I was uh, going to say it was actually quite hard to to get through that bit. I I would say parts of the film, whilst it's very good, I, I cannot fault the way it's the way it's put together, the way it's filmed, the way it's acted, the scripts. Everything was kind of on point, was spot on. But it's really not the kind of film you should watch when you've had a bad day. (laughs) Let me put it that way, if you see what I'm getting at. Because it is that kind of film. And it is draining to watch. But once you've watched it, you think, I'm glad I did watch it. It's that kind of thing. You feel that you you need to know about this. (coughs) Excuse me. And um, I think it's important that we do see this. Because, you know... We don't live in a pink marshmallow world. That there are bad things going on out there, and we need to know about them. And you know, you appreciate you you um, you look at the bad things in life. You appreciate the good things even more. But it's the salutary lesson of what can happen uh, when people try and cover their tracks, but they're 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 playing with people's lives whilst they're doing it. It's shocking, really. I think that was also something that I picked up on was the the way that their lives were tied together mm. that it was yeah you got three very different uh, it's an all female led cast which is great but you got three very mm. different characters you know in different walks of life and yet the black and white kind of ties them all together do you see what i mean yeah. it kind of makes it feel like oh actually these are all yeah we're all the same really when we tie yeah. when we if everyone when it comes down to it when it comes down to our health in particular yeah we're all the same we're all very much you know fragile creatures that could be yeah. brought down at any time by one illness or another and then the idea of the, the, just like the name of the film you know the letters hmm. that something <clears throat> as tangible yet unimposing as a letter could cause such tragedy across so many lives that that for me was this sort of simplistic uh central point to the film that we are all connected that we are all Mm. very much um in this together yeah even if we don't feel that way all the time and the film does a great job of humanizing all of the experiences and you know and making you feel that and i think the the black and white as well has the uh, impact of making it feel universal well, and timeless. Yeah, I, I mean, I like black and white films. Uh, I lo- when I say that, films that when they choose to film, to shoot in black and white, um, because it it gives it kind of a stark. It strips away the gloss by filming in black and white. It makes it real, and it, it has that sense of rawness and austerity that I like as well. And I think. There was an interesting uh, subplot as well uh, going on because one of the one of the women uh, was caring for her mother, wasn't she? Yeah. And there was a really interesting s- subplot, uh, a story running within the main story um, about the the mother's uh, background as well and her experiences um, 
with um, the church and what happens to her when um, her daughter was born. And so there's a, a fascinating sort of story running concurrently with the main story. And that's almost as gripping as well, I think, I feel. Yeah, and how sometimes the concurrent issues in our life, like there was a, one of the characters who's dealing with money issues and mm. dealing with loan sharks and this sort of stuff, mm. that it can all build up. You know, these all these things suddenly, and how that also can then fade away, as in, you know, the, essentially if you had a health scare, you know, you were looking at a potentially terminal illness, that mm. so much of what you thought mattered wouldn't matter, and actually the things that do matter become very much sharply into focus, you know, the things that you really want to do in life. Mm. Um, I love the um, the stage moment. Do you, do you remember that moment where they've got the sort of... the the ballerina dancing? Yeah, yeah, I, that was, yeah. It was very... Was odd it's like it kind of was like well what's, what's going on here but i i found that was really entrancing i was watching it just like and the music was brilliant i think it features in the trailer the, yeah. the music and um I, yeah that was great i really enjoyed that yeah i think the because before the film starts you kind of read an outline and you think oh no okay i kind of i know what to expect here but with the balance with the intro, introduction and those opening titles there's kind of it's almost like um there's a degree of serenity there and peace as you you kind of waft in and you see the opening titles and you think, oh. it, it's not what you expect, really. I mean, I mean, maybe that kind of sets it up, really, because what follows next is quite brutal and quite harsh, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's it's the very worst that life can, can bring in, in so many ways. Uh, not just because of a terminal illness, but also the the situations that those women found themselves in, um, particularly the woman, the woman who, who was coping with, with loan sharks. Um, you know, it's it's very cleverly put together, and what gives it its extra uh, punch for me is that it's based on facts, and that that's a, fr- a frightening prospect because you. You'd want to, be, you'd like to think this sort of thing couldn't happen, but the fact is it does. Mm. And you, you know, we know the world we live in is far from perfect. But I mean, when this sort of thing can happen, something that's avoidable, that comes a, a re- about because of a test result and a letter that's conveying the wrong information, it's a scary thought. I mean, the, the title itself is quite gripping. You know, the title could almost be a story all by itself, the letters, you know. Um, it's very good, though. I was impressed with it. But it, it's it's heavy going. But when you look at what it's dealing with, it would be. It wouldn't be anything else but heavy going in that yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, a lot of the films that we are showing do deal very much with the sort of drama you know, genre. Um, and I, th- I think it's important to recognize that many of these films have other aspects to them. There'll be moments of comedy and there'll be moments of intrigue and mystery and delight. Um, But often it is the the dramatic themes and the dramatic films that seem to just, I don't know, it's where the the art form seems to really work, I think, especially with short films, because as we've seen maybe on some of the other podcasts when we've reviewed the the comedy films and stuff, Mm that when they're a short film, it feels a bit like a sketch. It feels like, okay, that would have been a sketch. Um, But when you get a really good drama, obviously this is a feature, so um, it works because you you do have a nice long amount of time to to really embrace these three stories which are connected. Mm. Um, But I do, yeah, we do have a lot of heavy, heavy films uh, at the festival this year. So just like a trigger warning, I guess, if you are, um, if you do have, trouble with certain themes there's, there's, there's a lot of themes um that are troubling but they're really worth exploring with these films because as we said before these films are like undiluted these films are often mm. made by indie filmmakers they finance themselves or mm. they've done it through crowdfunding so they're not at the mercy of studios so they can tell the story how they want and i know that robbie walsh was in particularly you know uh, powerful in terms of what he wanted to do here in telling this story and mm. that he could face a lot of problems by you know depicting what's going on here um 
and I think that makes it all the more important that we seek it out. This mm. film, I know, is available elsewhere. I don't want to send people elsewhere, but I do want people to watch this yeah. film. So yeah. I think it's on Prime, Amazon Prime, uh, and there's other. Right. Yeah, I think there's other platforms that you can watch it on. Enjoy it at the festival um, because you know, we, one of the aspects of the festival is the sort of sharing of reviews and sharing of our thoughts and feelings on films, which you don't really get with streaming services, but. Yeah, if not, at least check it out uh, where you can, um, because actually I think it's a really important film. I think it's a very important film. So that's The Letters, um, Robbie Walsh. That was from Ireland. So we've had a few countries you know, in, in this, mm. this uh, episode. It's Peru, Ireland. Mm. Um, and our last film sees us head over to the United States, which is uh, up for best short film, directed by Aaron Sanders. It's a film called Garage, which they would pronounce as Garage. Garage, And it does say Garage. And I almost said it then, but I was like, no, I can't quite bring myself to do that. Because it reminds me of the Simpsons episode where Moe Sislak (laughs) says, he's he's ribbing on uh, Homer, I think, or someone, oh, Garage, oh, Garage. (laughs) He's like, oh, well, what do you call it? And he goes, car hole. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's funny. It's funny what what it can make you think, isn't it? It sort of triggers off different different thoughts and ideas. And I, I I'm aware that I've come into this review very lightly. We've, we're having a bit of a laugh, but this is again one of the heavier films that we're going to review. You know, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I, I actually. Fit. Now, you know, I don't scare easily with films. You know, horror films don't work for me at all because I just laugh all the way through horror films normally. So you can tell that I don't scare easily, or either it doesn't um, hit me in the way it should. But this film actually does. Now, it's, it's terrifying. This. Film. I it's think it's really, really scary. scary. Actually, mm. um, it's it's dealing. It's it's dealing with uh, some very dark areas of life and the and the the fact that the garage in question um hides a terrifying secret doesn't it and the um the man uh involved is suffering flashbacks he's effectively suffering still suffering ptsd isn't he following an experience he had as a child yeah so we see at the beginning a child on a like a tricycle in the street comes across um, a man, you know, uh, no stranger danger right away. And then you sort of realize, oh, wait a minute, hold on. And the man convinces him to come to his uh, garage. We're going to go with the American saying, mm-hmm. comes to the garage and then abducts him. And then we jump forward, I think it's like 40 years. And yes, the, uh, the character Joshua is now an older man and is struggling obviously with this harrowing experience that he had as a child as um the abuse that you know, obviously hasn't nothing was depicted but you are obviously deaf to assume that that is what's happened um he's sitting in the car like outside uh, the garage and someone's on the phone i think it might be his mum or so, someone's on the phone sort of asking yeah. him like, oh, are you okay are you okay um what, what's going on and we then get kind of a visual journey through the garage that's pretty much made up of uh, visuals that can't really be happening because it's got like his younger self there, and it's yeah. got the it's got the um, the perpetrator. He's there, mm. um, but we're seeing him in this kind of cycle of not being able to get out of the trauma, out of the PTSD mm. that. And then when he's in the car, <laughs> the end bit, I don't really want to ruin it, but oh my God, that bit at the end where he's he's, he's by the car, it's just, it, I jumped out of my skin. Yeah, I was, I know. That, that really got me. It, um, it's surprising. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, sorry, no, you go, you go. No, I was going to say, it's surprising how frightening it is. And this, I'm speaking as someone who doesn't, who doesn't get drawn into 
anything scary or shocking or frightening. Uh, you know, horror doesn't work with me normally, but not that this is meant to be horror. It's not horror. It, I suppose it is horror, but not in terms of the genre, it's not. But um, I think it really nails down a, a Hitchcockian principle is that you don't have to be explicit to portray fear and foreboding. It's, it's essentially a before and after. Because Hitchcock used to leave all the terror in, in your own mind. He'd, he'd leave it there. He wouldn't need to portray it or show it. But before and after sequences would do the job. And it's the way it builds beforehand and flashes forward, then flashes back. It's very good, actually. It is very good. And, and the the filmmaker, um, Aaron Sanders, this is based on his own experience. Again, based on a true story, this is his own um situation which we're seeing played out and i think knowing that is really important to understanding mm. the film it's not trying to um depict anything sort of glorify it in any way it's actually very much focused on the victim you know focused on how that character struggles with the ptsd struggles moving on mm. it's not trying to because even though it is scary, even though there is bits, I think the scares come from it being so believable and being so, you're so immersed in that character's trauma that you can't help but be scared because he's mm. scared. And, you know, and, and that's the sign of a great film that it brings you into that character's yeah. environment and really keeps you there. And I was yeah. absolutely gripped. This is one of those films where I was like, oh, like, you know, right. I, I, I felt shaken by it. Yeah. I really did. After, I wonder what he's going to say then. I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I thought I'd, I'd tease that. Um, <laughs> th- th- there wasn't any of that, but you know, it could easily have been. Um, that it, it really did remind me of when I watched uh, the Brie Larson film Room, you know, and she's in the room oh, with right. the boy and yeah. they, they're kidnapped for a long time. That how you experience that with them, you know, you're kind of really immersed into their um, claustrophobic kind of journey. And this film, you know, Garage, I think it really works in doing that. And, and that for me made it thoroughly stand out i mean it's up for best short film again whether it will win because it's an incredibly competitive category um it's a shame it didn't go into the best drama because actually i think you know may have had even more of a chance of winning it may very much win but i think that if nothing else this is an absolute standout film we gave it five stars uh, on on the site i'm not surprised i I mean i think it's really good i mean what it what it, it does though any film that can put you in that scene, you know, it's not easy to do that, but you almost feel like when he's sitting in the car and it's at night and he's he's staring at this garage in front of him, you almost feel like you're, you're sitting next to him in the car. You're sharing his fear. Um, and it's unusual for a, a filmmaker to be able to do that, is to literally put you into that scene. And you feel like you're you've got proximity with the character. You feel like you're sitting there with them, and you you you're on their side, and you want to you almost want to help them, you know. And any film that that uh, makes you feel like that is is very well done. You you that's job done for a director. If he can put you there, if he can put you in the moment, put you in the scene, that's job done. It it really is a great piece of filmmaking and to do it on a short format as well oh yeah this you know absolutely could have been um a feature but it's so potent as a short film um and so rewarding in terms of you know you have that initial scene that set takes place 40 years before and then you have the impact later so you kind of do get a big amount of storyline you get a lot of what because because you kind of fill in the blanks and the filmmaker yeah. does it really well to make you fill in the blanks that you kind of go, oh, right, yeah, I'm up to speed with a much bigger narrative here. I'm not just getting... Because you could easily just have him in the car and you're kind yeah. of left to work it out. But because you get that bit at the beginning, it yeah. makes the story almost feel that it's stretched out over a much yeah. longer period of time, even though it is only very short. But it's about really, from, the, from their point of view, um, it's about giving the viewers enough information to go on and you don't need a lot really you know they they don't 
they've not given you a huge amount of information, but there's enough there to think, right, I understand what's happened here. I know mm. what's going on straight away. And you, you, you sense his agony, his fear, how he's been damaged physically and mentally by what happened. And you sense it, it's palpable. It's just really, really good filmmaking. It's very strong. And that was uh, Garage or Garage, as um, oh, well, I let's will go, let, revert yeah. back to my, um, yeah, my British roots now. Yes, yeah, should. let's go back to British. We'll yeah. go back to British. Garage. <coughs> Garage, yeah. Garage. Garage. Um, so, five films that mm. we're going to have at the festival. And amazing selection really great films like i said before if you can't attend the festival i don't know maybe you're busy that weekend obviously cancel your plans but mm. you know if if you're busy do find other ways to to seek these films out often the filmmakers are very vocal about where you can watch them bless them you know they're very like look hey, my film's on vimeo <laughs> or my film's on youtube so yeah. do check them out but we've we've tried to make it as, as easy as possible um to bring them all together for one great big celebration of film um and i always want to take an opportunity to thank the filmmakers because without them really none of this happens i mean we could go to the cinema and review what we see there but this is where it gets really rewarding because we're well in our humble but yet super heroic way mm. we are <laughs> shining a light on some of these yeah. films and that's kind of the point of the festival and it's the point of the site really is to help put these films up on the same platform as you know the big heavy hitters in the cinema because they're all film at the end of the day and they're all done with such care and devotion these filmmakers pour themselves into this movie you know, as seen with uh, with garage there that it's a film that only that filmmaker could make in that way and it deserves to be seen it deserves mm. to, to have an audience but i think also what we're doing here chris is that we're 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 promoting tomorrow's stars, whether they're directors, writers, actors. They're cutting their teeth. A lot of them have been around for a while, but a lot of them are very new. And they're, they're trying, they're, they're pursuing their dreams, aren't they, really? And they're all at different, different stages of, of uh, development in their own careers. But we're giving them a chance. We're giving them a showcase here. And to say, well, look, this, this is where a, a lot of filmmakers start. They start on small projects. They start on short films and independent films. So we're, we're championing tomorrow's stars, aren't we? Stars of tomorrow. And if you want to help us do that more, please do rate this. A five stars, please. Don't don't put any other number. Come on, be, yeah. be sensible. Um, if you're on Spotify, there should be a way of you uh, rating it. Um, and if you're on other platforms, I'm pretty sure they have ways of at least liking episodes and liking it. Yeah, please do that because it's all part of their algorithm. It's all part of that. It just helps us get out to more people um, and you know, drop us a, a review and share it where you can. But let us know as well what you thought of it. Let us know if you've seen any of these films or if you've got questions about these films. Um, should have done a spoiler warning at the beginning. Going to do it now just because, you know. <laughs> Yeah, like the never. We've 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 mentioned some spoilers. Um, maybe I, if I in the edit, I might be able to just bring that to the front. Do you think anyone will notice? <laughs> I'm sure uh, you can do it, Chris. I'm going to do it. You can do these. You're good at these sort of things, aren't you? Yeah, well, <laughs> I we'll you see. Were. I could. I was able to pronounce garage, so I'm quite happy with that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you so much to everyone for listening and for joining us and for reviewing us. We will be finding out who does that and um brian thank you again for joining That's me right. always You're a pleasure welcome. young yeah. man thank um you much. and it's um a fond farewell from me and it's a fond farewell from brian bye for now take care Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.